Welcome, Roscoe, to No Excuses, Real Inspiration with Scott Marshall. So, Roscoe is a personal trainer within Glasgow, um, but for the viewers that don't know you, um, Roscoe, so who you are and what do you do? So, yeah, my name is Roscoe Burns. I'm a just qualified PT and I'm based, I'm going to be working in Glasgow, but I'm pretty much based in Inverclyde at the minute. So, I will be working primarily in, in Glasgow, but um, hopefully, you know, in the future, maybe do both areas. But yeah, ah, right. so just um, qualified. No, nah, good. Congratulations. Um, Thank so you. Where, whereabouts in Inverclyde are you training out of just now? Um, Guruk. So I live in I live in Guruk um, at the minute, and yeah, there was. I mean, Inverclyde itself is quite big in a way, but they've opened up like a new gym down this way. So I, that's where I can kind of do my own personal training or my own training, sorry. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so there's the thing about Inverclyde is in, in Gourock, we've got so many like recreational parks and stuff. So I'm going to wait and see the now, but you know, future projects, there's plenty of spaces and stuff to do it down yeah. here. So. Oh, fantastic. So we're going to go right back to where it all began for Roscoe, um, back to your school years. So what sort of uh, sporting activities were you involved in back then? So take it before school. So basically what happened was my parents, well, my dad specifically taught me how to swim when I was five or six. He, he taught me how to swim and then um, basically there was a, a local amateur swimming team called I think it was an Inverclyde amateur team and they were looking for well basically anybody could join as long as you could swim and they thought it was a good idea my mum and dad thought it was a good idea to kind of get me involved in swimming so yeah. basically from the age of I'd say about seven or eight I competed Till I was about 16. So swimming was like my main sport when I was younger. I'd played other sports, but swimming for me was something I just kind of like a duck to water, excuse the pun, but yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, it was just something that I, I really enjoyed. And they seen that, you know, it would kind of give me a skill, something to learn. And I, I just kind of, I loved swimming. Don't get me wrong, it was like tough because yeah. Very tough because, you know, I started training properly with the team when I was a bit primary school. So I'm, I'm guessing about eight or nine is the earliest memory I have. And it was up at six in the morning to be in the pool for seven. And that was three mornings a week. And then the two days that we had off in the morning we'd have to, we'd have to swim at night so basically it was it was training five days a week and then competing on the Saturday and that was for from age of eight to 16 so wow. you know it was quite tough but I look back on it with you know great memories and stuff it's definitely so glad of that yeah excuse me and then was it just indoor swimming or outdoor swimming as well uh, no, it was just all indoor. Uh, we competed, so we trained indoor, and uh, we competed indoor. We travelled all over. We kind of it was mostly Scotland, but we did do a few national uh, galas and stuff. But no, everything was 
was indoor. Yeah. yeah. Did you get many medals from that? Ah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you don't... Well, you did, and you when you competed, so you were in age groups as well. Right. So every year, I think it was either, it was like between ages of 10 and 12, and then 12 and 14. Um, so I, like, as a team, we got quite a lot of medals and trophies, and individually we got a lot. But the problem was, at that age, I did not have an ounce of competitiveness in me. Right. So I... To the to the annoyance of my mom and my mom and dad, um, I was just like you know, the taking part it counts sort of thing. So for me, the the winning and the medals didn't really you know, it was not something that I, I you know was striving to get. But we did get them and stuff, and it was nice. I've still got them actually somewhere because I thought it'll be a kind of good wee keepsake to have as oh, I get older. Okay. So I have I've kept on to them and. Every now and again, like I'll dust them off and and think, ah, you know, how it could have been the Olympics. No, I'm only joking. Wasn't that good? <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so you obviously mentioned that you were swimming five times a week. So and then obviously school on top of that. So was there any challenges? You know, growing up, would you know? Would you probably say that missing out in social aspects with your friends and stuff? Or the commitment of going to swimming? Um, I definitely, I mean, it was like positives and negatives. The positives were that even though we trained hard, like, so basically the positives I got out of it was I, you know, it was very regimented, but it gave me a lot of routine because we were up so early and we were training at night. So I got routine out of it, which was fantastic. Um, and then just being part of a team as well. And a lot of people in my, my swimming team, a few of them, we were all from different schools, but I had a few pals there. But I'll be honest with you, like I was not, I didn't have um, a great, you know, social group growing up. So yeah. I was quite reserved, quite quiet. I didn't have a lot of pals. So this kind of gave me a chance to be involved in a kind of social aspect. No, totally. So even though, like, basically, when I was kind of in my teenage years, you know, all my, all my school pals and all my school friends were out, like, drinking and all that. And, like, I look back on it and I'm like, I'm so glad I didn't do that because I had I was so concentrated on swimming. No, totally. Um, so... Like at that age though, that's the only thing. At that age, you don't appreciate what is happening because I was thinking to myself, well, maybe people will like me if I if I involve myself in drinking, if I start smoking. You know, that was like my thought process as a young boy, as a teenager. But now looking back, I'm like, thank God. I I mean Thank God I didn't have any pals, you know what I mean? Didn't get invited yeah. to parties because um, because it gave me, you know, 10 years of just hard work. So, and I guess as well, like, we trained, because we trained five days a week, we, we got to know each other and we were friends. Um, so within 
I suppose the team itself, we had good, strong friendships, you know. So yeah. they were my friends, I suppose, in a way. Ah, totally. Um, and it kind of helped me come out of my shell a wee bit, so. Yeah, and then the good thing is the positives from that, you, you know, you can look back on and say you didn't fall for the, the peer pressure back then, you know. Yeah, you know, it was like, um, definitely, and like other stuff had happened, but in a way, I always, I always say that not a lot of my friends and a lot of people I know had, you know, the opportunity to have a skill or a sport or take yeah. part in it. So for me, it's like, it's the biggest, you know, thank you to my mum and dad for for putting me in it. And I just kind of, it kind of kept me in a path, a straight path for a good while. So it was, it was brilliant. Like, I really enjoyed it. No, good. And then to this day, you're still doing a wee bit of swimming when you can? Well, aye, but what happens is, so, you know, I'm sure you've heard from other people who maybe do like a sport growing up is because it's so intense for so long. Yeah. When I stopped, I, I just completely stopped swimming because I had done it for so long. And unfortunately, what happened was, what happened was because I just completely stopped, that was when I started gaining some amount of weight because I could eat. Um, and, you know, I started, you know, smoking and, and stuff like that. But, um, so I took, so basically I did take a good few years. I didn't go back in the pool at all. And then it was like a few years, I would say maybe, maybe like three or four years. But I definitely go back to it. And it's like, you know, something when I'm back in the water, it sounds mad. It sounds completely mad, but maybe other people, other swimmers or other sports people will understand. It's like when you when I go back in the water, it's like the best feeling ever. Yeah. You know? Um because it's such a, it's a really nice, uh, what's the word? Um, it really calms people, I think, swimming. No, totally. You know, I know a lot of friends and stuff that swim, and it's because, obviously, it's a great sport. It's great for working every muscle and all that, but a lot of people, they go to kind of quiet the things as well, you know, and a distraction and stuff. So when I go back now, I kind of go back, for a wee bit of distraction, a wee bit of exercise, but it's kind of like reminiscing to the days when yeah. I used to train. So, um, but I mean, half of the stuff I can't do now. I'm like, oh, I'm too old. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, you obviously touched on that. You gained a wee bit of weight. You started to smoke. Um, so, <coughs> excuse me. So, how did? So, let's talk about. You know, you're newly qualified. Um, as a personal trainer, so how did you, how did you actually get into fitness? How did you your your path start towards becoming a personal trainer? Right. Um, so, like I said, obviously I had that um, experience with swimming and stuff, but I, like most people, I think, you know, maybe like yourself, was in and out of the gyms for years, getting memberships, cancelling memberships, you know. Always had a wee interest in the gym, but never really took it serious. And um, 
and kind of just doing my own thing, not following any programs, basically just going. It was like more like just to keep on top of my health and stuff. Yes. And I was a, a massive cardio fiend, so I used to kind of do a lot of cardio. But um, when I started taking it serious was just before lockdown, the first lockdown, so just before basically the pandemic. Yeah. Um, I was kind of hammering the gym and stuff had happened and, you know, it was a more of a distraction going to the gym. And I was like more, I would say it was more as an, to kind of help with my emotional needs sort of thing. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, the pandemic happened. But the one thing I did do, I, I made sure that I was keeping on top of like home workouts and stuff. Yeah. So I would get walks, do my home workouts. And after, see, with these lockdowns, because I'm like, what lockdown was it I started? But <laughs> it was after, between the first lockdown and the second lockdown, between those, I knew a guy called Tony, who I knew was a PT, and I'd uh, done pictures for him before. So I messaged Tony and I said, listen, I'm thinking I really want to, to kind of start my fitness journey would you are you available to help you know to pt me and he said i so basically worked with tony before uh, till the second lockdown but the results i got from just working with tony was like phenomenal yeah um, i didn't expect it at all you know clearly the correct program correct nutrition you know all that stuff yes clearly works <laughs> you know um so with his guidance and like him PTing me, I was just kind of taken aback by the results. Working with him as well, it gave me an insight into what he did and, yeah. you know, what actually is involved with being a PT. It's more than exercise, you know what I mean? It's more than just telling people what to do in a gym. There's so much more to it. So I was really interested. And then it was during the second lockdown, I asked him, I said, I said to him, I'll get three questions. Um, how'd you go about being a PT? Um, what was it? How'd you go about being a PT? Do you enjoy being a PT? And am I too old? And he was like, uh, first question, I'll, I'll refer you. Second question, I love it. And uh, third question, no, I don't be daft, you're not too old sort of thing. So he kind of put me in touch with the the people that have the course you know so I it was good that was how you kind of started right okay if you don't mind me asking Roscoe what age are you 37 soon ah, I'm going to be I'm going to be 38 next next month ah right okay I thought I was getting old turning 31 last month oh don't even don't <laughs> this video will be cut right off um, <laughs> no it's do you know what though? It's like you kind of the older the older you get, your confidence is kind of takes a wee bit of a knock, and this is quite an age to change a whole career sort of thing. So I just I knew the to be honest with you, I knew the answer. I just needed confirmation, and I needed you know a wee bit of approval from him. Yeah. So when he gave me it, I was like, right, sign me up. So I was uh, like, fantastic. And what did you do before becoming a PT? Uh, so years ago, I qualified as a mental health nurse, but never worked as 
a mental health nurse because at that time, I think it was 2013, and there wasn't many jobs available. There was a lot of my class were like moving away to Australia and all that. So I could have got a job, but a part of me was like, I'm going to give myself maybe a year out, you know, just yeah. see where life takes me. And then I fell into a, a, like a youth worker role where I worked with young people from like deprived areas, yeah. and young people with criminal offences. And it was just basically a job that was to try and support these young people and families to stay out of trouble, to stay at the jail, you know. Um, and I kind of used my nursing qualification for that job. So to me, I was like, well, I'll just stick with this. And then I did that until, you know, a few years ago. And then I worked recently with adults with disabilities. So. Yeah. Hi. So I've kind of used like my qualification for the jobs I've had. So nah, it's, it's been and good. And now, you know, the your qualification from previous, you can use this within the fitness industry as well because uh, mental health it's a big thing within fitness right now. Totally. You took the words out of my mouth, you know, because I've seen like. Um, I've seen videos and podcasts and stuff of other fitness, um, you know, like PTs and, and the fitness industry. And the thing is, it's like mental health is just so important in general, so important in general. But to me, like one thing that I always kind of said was, you, fitness sometimes can become kind of bogged down in just like your physical health, you know? Yeah. So much is focused on how you look or how you feel. Um, but the one thing that from my own experience and other people's experiences that I know, a lot of people do go to the gym to work on this as well, you know? Yeah, totally. And mental health is, like I said, so important in life just now that it's having that qualification just means that I've got a better understanding. Don't get me wrong, like, no way am I going to, you know, advertise myself as a mental health nurse slash PT, you know, yeah. not at all. But um, the good thing is, like, at least hopefully I'd like to bring some sort of, well, definitely experience, but an understanding of maybe people's mental health and, you know, empathy. It's like, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Totally, because I think, um, you know, um, nowadays, um, especially in this industry, you can you can see a lot of PTs who are just out there to make a quick buck, you know, make them money, oh. um, but they actually don't sit and listen to their clients. N not at all. Not at all. Um, you know, absolutely. Okay, so for yourself, Roscoe, what does fitness mean to you personally? So fitness to me, I think it's just like an extension of just what I said. It's like, to me, you know, so much emphasis gets put on. I think the definition of fitness is like a capacity of your health and how fit you are. But it's like, it's so much broader now because um, there is so much happening in the world. Jesus Christ, we've just all been through, you know, the hardest times. Yeah you know, with the pandemic. So I think fitness, to me, has kind of grown and it's got a different 
definition for me anyway, but it means it's not just about, like I said, your, phys your physical health, how strong you are, how fast you can run, how many abs you've got. It's more about everything. It's like holistically, you have to look at it as a holistic tool where, you know, like a, a revolving door in a way, because it's like if you, if you feel physically fit, you're, you might feel mentally yeah. stronger, you know, emotionally as well. Um, so it's like obviously with the definition, but to me, it just kind of takes everything into consideration, you know, um, and it does need necessarily to me, or mean to me that, it's about how strong you are, how, like I said, how, you know, fast you are. Just takes everything into yeah, consideration. Nah, totally. Um, and you obviously touched on earlier about, you know, training before uh, the pre-pandemic and then you were doing home workouts and stuff. So see if you could compare um, pre-COVID to post-COVID would you probably say that your fitness levels are more or less the same or a wee bit better now? Definitely better, definitely. Because what happened was, so, but like pre-COVID, like I said, yeah, I was going to the gym, not following any programmes, just eating, thinking that I was eating enough calories, but yeah. I wasn't eating all the wrong foods and all that. So basically, um, pre-COVID, I thought I was, <laughs> I thought I was physically fit. And then working with Tony, him guiding me, telling me what I needed to do, he kind of gave me a base in how to, you know, basically, because I'd never, one thing I've got to say is, I had never done a compound exercise before. Right, okay. You could see guys in the gym and I'd be like, oh, seeding and what she'd up to but never done it sort of thing yeah i think the most extreme thing i had done was a squat and i even i wasn't even doing that right do you know what i mean i was only going to do halfway so um so there was loads to learn like loads that i've learned pre-covid and then during the second lockdown it just meant that if i was doing home workouts i kind of knew i had a better idea of what i was doing sort of thing nah, totally. and my strength and I'm only emphasising strength because measuring it from when I first started with Tony to where I'm at now, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm I'm not fucking Superman, like not at all. But I have seen a mass, not a massive, but a, a a steady but upward growth, you know. So, um, so I'm definitely much fitter now. I think anyway, and um, because I've got a more of an understanding of how it all works, yeah. you know, sort of thing. So, so wouldn't it be great if I was, you know, qualified as a PT? And I was like, I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does happen. <laughs> well, um, well, so nah. you know, so I, I'm definitely, I'm definitely fitter now. And I think it's just because I've got a better understanding. I know what I'm doing and all that. So I, no, I good, and then. We obviously touched on mental health earlier. So do you believe that with the gyms reopening is a big impact on mental health? You know, people getting back into the gyms and just to get rid of some stress and, you know, yeah. that's their wee escape for the day. Oh, I definitely, definitely. Because the thing is as well, like, 
when we were all stuck in the house, I had a, that had a huge impact, not just on mine, but loads of people's mental health state. And because it's just like you felt like you were just confined because you were you were confined to one area, your house. Yeah. You're allowed to go to walks and all that, but for me and other people that I know and spoken to, like one of the things that was very evident to me was like going back to the gym. It was but you just you said the perfect word there, an escape. It was like somewhere to go, somewhere different. And once you start to to work on yourself at the gym or you start doing your programs or whatever you know it kind of comes in hand in hand it's like to be honest with you I think think, you know anything after the pandemic would have been brilliant Um, somebody asked me if I wanted to jump on a bed of nails I'd have probably said I you know (laughs) so so, but no definitely I think that the gym's opening back up and I was a big advocate for, like, you know, saying to people that they should be open when they are, you know, yeah. they were safe. Because then as well, you, you, you've got more experience than me and you worked between pandemic, uh, between lockdowns. But most of all, the gym that I was a member of was taking every precaution. They were very, very yeah, safe. Yeah. And, you know, all this stuck talk about, like, you know, perspiration and, and spreading and stuff. And I was explaining to people, I was like, oh, they're not as busy as we used to be. Everybody is taking a responsibility to wipe stuff down. Yeah. And I was advocating for them to stay open because it, I, th- I just think it helped, you know, a change of scenery. And then, like I said, going to the gym, being in that environment was probably lifting people's spirits up, you know? No, totally. Um, I totally agree about keeping the gyms open. What's that? Um, I totally agree about keeping the gyms open. Um, So let's talk about Roscoe's bad habits within the gym. Well, bad habits within the gym? Yeah. Um, Oh, none. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Bad habits in the gym. Well, one one of the really bad habits I used to have was I used to be terrified of the free weights area. So at that time, I was quite petrified of it, actually, because every time I looked in the free weights area, it was just like these big, massive guys with their 40 dumbbells and and I'd be like, out of my six, you know, like. (laughs) Um, So that was kind of something that I, it was just dead intimidating. But since then, like the amount of people I speak to, and you probably heard the same thing, the amount of people who are petrified of the weights area because yeah. it is intimidating or it can be intimidating. So one of my biggest bad habits was, I don't do it anymore, but was comparing comparing myself to Big Mick that, you know, is lifting weights I could only dream of. Um, and then, you know, just all these guys and, and just comparing myself and going, you know, how can I not get to that size or, or oh, he's too big. And they'll just laugh at me. They'll just think I'm such this, you know, we Egypt trying to lift and stuff. So that's all gone, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that was probably, I'd say, my worst habit was just getting in with, like, 
you know, this thing in my head that people were going to laugh at me. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, I think as well, um, a lot of people go into the gym and they're very self conscious of other doctors. Oh, definitely. But the thing is, though, one thing that kind of made sense to me was there's always going to be somebody bigger than you. Do you know what I mean? So it's like there's always a bit. So there's always I'm going to jump here, but basically there's always going to be somebody somebody bigger than you. Even the biggest guy, there's somebody bigger than him. Also, who I can't I can't control what they think, but actually, most of the time they probably don't even know I'm there. Do you know what I mean? Because they're so yeah. focused. Because when I go in the three weights area now, don't get me wrong, I'm not lifting like forties, but I'm so focused on what I'm doing. I don't, I don't even like notice who's around me. You know yeah. what I mean? I've walked past people like my pals in the gym because I'm so focused. And they're texting me like, hey, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, <laughs> you know. So I think everybody is just there with a mission and and is so focused that it's. I think it's just like if you're not used to that kind of environment in a way, it can be dead daunting. But no, I don't. Every, some, there's always going to be somebody bigger than you. There's always going to be somebody faster than you. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And then, so if I was to say to you, if you were training with your PT, Tony, um, what would be your favourite exercise to do? Well, do you know, one, one exercise I I really loved and I still love to this day is the rack squat, eh, the rack pull, sorry, yeah. rack pull, because I had attempted it, I think, years ago, completely, like, just, no, wasn't he, I wasn't he obviously doing it correct, um, he taught me and, and showed me how to do it correct, and I don't know why, but I just kind of took to it and I really enjoyed it, Yeah. so I think that's, one exercise that I, I, I still kind of love to this day, yeah. but yeah, I would definitely say the rack pull and what other. I'm trying to think. Deadlift. Yeah. Totally. The mighty bold deadlift. You know, <laughs> uh, because that was another. I mean, that was an exercise I would never have attempted on my own before, so. Because it can, you know, doing a, a deadlift with the wrong form can be extremely, you know, risky. Yes. It can be serious, can leave you, you know, with serious injuries. So I'm glad I didn't attempt it. But now when I do it, I, I have kind of grown to love that more yeah, and more good. sort of thing. So no, I, I, I love it, yeah. What's the worst exercise you don't like? Clock. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You didn't even have to think about that there. Oh, it's like it's an it's like immediate response in it. Um, the squat. I thought you might have said dirty, but well, I I suppose that comes in a very close second. Let yeah. me tell you. <laughs> but the squat, the problem, the problem I have with the squat is, is it's like I know how important it is and how important it can be. Yeah. And the results and all that that you can get from it, so I, I do push myself. But I, I'm just like I don't know. I just, I don't enjoy the movement. Um, it's getting done is is all right. It's like trying to push myself back up sometimes. Yeah, totally. I'm like, 
you know, I could do a wee forklift just to give me a nudge, but, uh, <laughs> you know, so, uh, it's probably that in the burpee, I. Yeah, and then you obviously mentioned if you, you know, you're in the free weights area, you're very focused. So what type of music gets you focused and motivated? Um, well, I might lie to this, what I this. Because <laughs> 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 my cool factor might just go... <laughs> if I had a shred of it in the first place, it's just going to completely disappear now. Um, I like... It depends what I'm doing, so it depends if it's like... Yeah. Well, if it's a push or a pull or if it's a cardio day. Um, I think some days I'll, I'll put on like quite a lot of new metal stuff. So like back in the, night, the 90s, early 2000s, like just, you know, Papa Roach and something really just kind of heavy, yeah. heavy beats and heavy music. That kind of gets me going. For cardio, you know, I, I'm not going to lie, I've... Uh, I've <laughs> I listen to Britney Spears, so okay. yeah, um, and like pop music for cardio, really. Right. And then I, I just kind of sometimes I'll listen to classical music, which is a bit is a bit strange. No, it, you know, no, I've heard other instructors listen to classical. Um, ah, well, classical music, opera, and stuff. It's, yeah. yeah, and uh, so say you were say you were doing cardio and your playlist had mucked up and it's put the worst type of music that would really demotivate you, what would that be? Um, country. Country. Aye. <laughs> I, um, I probably like, I, I can't even think of a country artist, but yeah, probably, probably about a country that would, that would, I'd like I'm off. Yeah. See ya. Um, but I'm like I totally like most people. My music taste is very eclectic. Anyway, yeah. you know, I do love, like I said, classical. But I love Marilyn Manson and Britney Spears and you know, Little Mix and all that. So it's just like a mixture of I totally tunes. Like. And I love like because I get like see like Clubland. Yeah. So if I've if I'm doing, if I'm doing a workout that I'm not particularly enjoying, I'll put on Clubland. Ah, right, okay. Um, and then, so like myself, like teaching spin, um, if it's, you know, see if I'm doing a sprint track, it'll be like, you know, your, your hardcore rave tracks, you know, like, right. um, in the sky, etc. you know, but then see if I'm doing like a hill climb, it'll be like throwback to 70s, 80s, you know. Uh, yeah. So, so a wee a wee bit of a mixture in there as well. How do you how do you come up with your your playlist for like spinning um, stuff? I think it's it's probably from my own experience, just sitting, you know, going to different classes and then I'm like, oh that you know, that song could go in there, you know. Yes. And uh, it's just years of listening to different music. Uh, and just kind of keeping it I, in your head I just, I, I just sit and you know every week I actually sit and create new playlists for different classes so that's yeah. the one thing I do uh, throughout the week um, and you know it changes it up as well uh, because 
I think sometimes if you were to go and teach a class and it's the same music and you're like, oh, Jesus, no, this thing. Because i done that um, previous in the past and now the song uh, Cheerleader, <laughs> I absolutely can't listen to that because I've played that at every boxer size class I've done. Um, so no, that's a no for me. <laughs> you just keep it fresh? Yeah, definitely. Um, and then for yourself, what's the best memory of your fitness journey so far? Do you know what? Probably, I would say, I would have to say doing the course and actually finishing it and qualifying. Yeah. Because, you know, I, you know, I'm not going to like, like focus on my age, right? But the thing is, all jokes aside, the older you do get, you do lose like that just be a bit of confidence and stuff. So I was, and because I've not really studied and stuff, I thought to myself, you know, maybe I am too late and stuff. But I really enjoyed parts of the course. The majority of it, there's a few wee things that I just needed a wee bit of help with, but the majority of the course, I really enjoyed it. And I knew I was going to pass it. But it was like your confidence, my confidence, sorry, kind of was boosted every time like, I passed an exam. Yeah. Or, you know, the, um, I can't even, I, I don't know if she was like, she must have been, I think she's like an admin person, but she would, uh, Rosie would email me and give me like positive feedback and stuff. So the courses are like a whole, it was just really good to, to complete it. And then, you know, getting a job and stuff was, again, another, I would say, a big achievement. Because I didn't, like, I don't measure it on, like, my body change and all that. It's just more about what I've achieved and hope yeah. to yet achieve, you know, hopefully build, like, a really good, successful business, you know, sort of thing. But I would definitely say it's I it's been doing the course and then passing it. Nah, good. And then what's the, sorry... Do you track your own fitness goals currently? Aye, I, I do, because I think, you know, Tony said to me, he was like, the most, one of the things that you should do, and I knew this anyway, but, you know, it's it's good to have insight, his insight and stuff. It's like, you know, it's you read it in the course, it's like PTs need to maintain their own fitness and stuff. That's just a given, you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I want to, I'm not going to, I, I decided I'm going to maintain myself just now, but it means that I can, you know, cut and bulk um, just slowly and in, in, in slow progress rather than yeah. trying to go from one extreme to another. Because with Tony, like, I, you know, cut and I cut really, you know, it was quite severe sort of thing. And I managed to get, you know, a really, a, like, a really good physique, but I was very, very lean, you know, yeah. sort of thing. So now um, I'm a bit, not bigger, but I'm, I'm, I'm a better weight. So I'm just kind of trying to maintain that and just work on like different things, you know, my strength, my flexibility. Because one thing that was shocking, and Tony will attest to this, my flexibility was, you know, shocking. You know, I thought he was, I thought he was going to slap me, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> uh, so, so for me, that like, the 
the difference in my flexibility and my range of motion and all that from then to now it's massive you know yeah. absolutely massive so i i just kind of want to work on everything uh, but i've not really got i don't I, i've not got like a specific goal in mind just yeah just to maintain that's all it is really to maintain uh, good and then obviously during uh, you know your cup with tony um did you receive any compliments etc from family friends um, I suppose a lot of people were like, I think a lot of people, because I'm, so, what height are you? Are you? I'm 5'11". Right, so I'm 6'1", right? And I, like I said, I've got quite a slim physique anyway. Yeah. I've always had it, and I think it's just back to my swimming days. So I'm I'm very tall, and, you know, I've got very long limbs, long legs, long arms, and a short body. So I've always been quite slim. But I don't think, to be honest with you, I don't think people noticed it looking at me when I cut. Because yeah. I got to, I think we ended up getting down to like 10 and a half stone and I was sitting at like 11% body fat. But it wasn't until, you know, I took my top off and then in the mirror and I was like, Jesus, you know, sort of thing. And I noticed yeah. it myself. And then when I showed them pictures, we'd go, oh, wow, sort of thing. But I think it was just causing my frame. Not many yeah. people would have noticed it until I pointed out to them or, you know, walking about in my top half and that. So yeah. <laughs> I didn't do that. I didn't do that, I promise. Okay. So before we round up, yep. um, I'm going to give you quick fire questions. Oh, you asked me? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, long distance or short runs? Short. Cardio or weights? Oh, oh. I, do you know what? I would have said cardio, but I'm now anyway. So. All right, good. <laughs> yes or no? Yes. Uh, lift fast or slow? Uh, slow. Heavy resistance or light? In between. Uh, I think I know the answer to the next one already. Squat or deadlift? Hmm, I wonder what that will be, uh, deadlift. <laughs> <laughs> Last one. Burpees, yes or no? Um, no, and, and if you ask me that, you, uh, you're in for, you know, you take your life into your own hands. But <laughs> ah, thanks for coming on, Roscoe. Um, no before we round up, so obviously you've just started your PT business. Yeah. Um, so where can people find you online, and you know, regards to a website or social yeah. media? Yeah, so basically the website is www.roscoeburnsfitness.com. Uh, Facebook and Instagram, it's Roscoe Burns Fitness. And uh, I actually, I think all platforms is just Roscoe Burns Fitness. Ah, good. So it's kind of kept the same tag, so yeah. Ah, good. So they'll be able to find you, no problem anyway. Oh, definitely, you know, and I'm cutting a bit. If you see me in the street, you know, say hello. Aye, I'm always selfie with Roscoe. <laughs> aye, aye, I know. Only if I'm looking good that day, though. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, no, it's just all, all social media stuff is the same. Nah, good. And then, so obviously you mentioned you're, you're just starting out. So where would you like to see Roscoe Burns Fitness within the next year or the next five years? Cool. Um, definitely within like a year period, I would like to be 
completely self-employed, you know. Yeah. Hopefully kind of working, you know, with on like online in the gym, but maybe hopefully well, in a year I would like to be doing that. Further from that, I would like to have something like a wee property or something of my own yeah. that I could I could train people from. And you know, in five years, I would love, you know, one of the things that I did this for and I always had in my head was I would love to like you know, do a lot of community work. So I would love to kind of take fitness into like areas that are maybe a wee bit more deprived, no, like the cool. job I used to do. Um, and you kind of merge them together, the experience we are in this. And it's just going in areas that maybe people don't feel like they've got access to exercise or they don't you yeah. know, belong or you maybe feel like they don't belong in stuff. Um, so it would, my plan, my bigger plan would be to get, you know, some sort of funding, maybe fund it myself, but I go into, go into areas and just speaking to people and, and trying to get them in, involved with fitness any way possible, but nah, totally. I'd love to do something like that. Yeah, and then obviously would you, you mentioned um, deprived areas so that you would, you know, maybe get involved with like group fitness classes? Aye, even just like, you know, like be kind of pop-up hubs or or getting into you know community centers or something just just something that if people had, even if they had just had asked they needed to ask a question or find information you know yeah um or like i said maybe finding a wee a wee you know unit or something in like an area of glasgow that is easy accessible and stuff so that it's just more about allowing people to participate in yeah. something that, you know they might not get the opportunity to so i would i would like and i'd also like to try and do some sort of like you know talks and stuff about fitness and exercise and yeah you know, just a general just- thing you know, because obviously if you combine the both exercise and mental health, you know, in deprived areas, you know, um, it's definitely going to help for the greater good. Totally. And the thing is, like, when I worked with these, like, young people and stuff, a lot of them had, they had this kind of, like, view of themselves that if they went into, like, a gym, the way I was talking about, looking at the free weights area, a lot of young people felt they would go in and feel automatically judged or they didn't belong, you know, because they maybe didn't have the right gear, the, the right clothes, they didn't, you know, they might have looked a certain type of way. Um, and a lot of people, like, a lot of young people said to me, you know, I'd love to go to the gym. And but unfortunately, I just feel like I would just get looked at and stuff and, and, and affordability as well, you know, it's like a lot yeah. of people, to us, we're like, aye, we can afford it, but 14 or, you know, 14 to £50, whatever, you know, the range of gym memberships, that's a lot of money for some people, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, so, um, aye. It's got to be within your price range as well, you know? Yeah. Um, because I have noticed that, obviously, working within the uh, Glasgow Club, Scotstown, you know, uh, their numbers haven't risen to what they were pre-pandemic. And my thoughts on that are that maybe people have, you know, they they can't afford the gym membership. They've adjusted to training outdoors as well. Yep. Um, 
Um, so before we round up, Roscoe, are you get any questions for myself? Any questions for you? So how long have you been PTing? Because is it seven years or well, ten? Well, I've been involved with Glasgow Club since 2008. And then in 2013, uh, you know, I was speaking to uh, Paul Wallace and Scott McCutcheon. That was two gym instructors back at Glasgow Club Globals then. Um, they gave me a gym program, gave me nutrition advice, they gave me information on G cycle, you know, spin and metafit. And then, you know, I was doing the classes, you know, I was uh, twice a day, five times a week. Um, and that was for six weeks. And within the six weeks, I lost two stone. So, right. so you know, it was on the back of that, that maybe a year or two later, that I was sitting on the pool at Scottsdale, hating my life, being a pool lifeguard, you know, watching the days go away. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll go and do my gym course. And I went and done it. And then that was 2014, going into 2015, that I became um, level two qualified. And then I started running my own boxer size oh, classes in Shelton and Toll Cross community centres. And I also ran boot camps at Tollcross Park as well. So, you know, deprived areas, what we were talking about there. Um, and then in 27, just tail end of 2017, I got a gym job at Glasgow Club Scotston. And then I've been in the gym ever since then, um, you know, full-time uh, gym instructor. But I think it was maybe 2016 I qualified as a PT. Um, and I've got, I've, you know, I've, in that time I've passed, you know, metafit, spin, yeah, kettlebells. I've, I think the niche in the market as well is pre-postnatal because um, not not a lot of guys do it. Um, and people say, oh, why did you do that? I says, well, it's a qualification and I, want, I wanted to learn about it, you know. And they say, but you're a guy. And I says, but yeah, but what does that mean? <laughs> at all, at all, at all. Yeah, but no, uh, but no, I, I absolutely love uh, fitness, health and fitness. Um, and, you know, through lockdown, I ran online uh, Zoom classes and I ran sessions at Victoria Park for people that used to come into Glasgow Club Scotston. And, you know, it was really good, you know, getting yeah. that bond and keeping people together. And I think people needed that. And then, you know... Now, Definitely. My focus is on my podcast. So just uh, reaching out to as many people as I can. And, you know, I've got quite a lot of people listening in now. Um, but my, my aim is to just keep getting as many stories as I can in the next couple of years. Definitely, definitely. Because it's the future, I think. Like, I'm, I'm not... Um, I, I listen to a few podcasts, but... The popularity of podcasts has just blown up, but I don't know whether that's got to do with lockdown. I don't know. I don't know if podcasts have always been around and stuff. But one thing I have noticed is the sense of that they bring people together. You know, yeah. and the fact that you know you don't have to be side by side to do them anymore. You know what I mean? You can. You know, no, this is like, we have, we've got a distance between us, but we're able to do this. So I think. With podcasts, um, it is, it's just a really good idea to kind of bring people together and, and, and 
information as well, you know? Nah, totally. And then, you know, I'll give you a prime example of how, you know, it pushes you on to do stuff that you, you never probably thought you would ever do. I, I listened to Kevin Bridges, uh, you know, his autobiography on audio um, on Amazon um, when I used to go running. Yeah. And then what happened was, you know, I listened to him, how he got involved with comedy. And I actually went to Strathclyde Uni um, to do a class to learn how to do structure my material. And then I went oh. on to do 13 gigs as a comedian. <laughs> You know, <laughs> so uh, it just shows you know it, how how things can motivate you. Oh, totally! I you know, and it's like I said, people's stories and and people's backgrounds as well. It's like dead interesting. I find it extremely interesting, and you know, being able to open up and you know, you you might get a viewer who is interested and want to become a PT or somebody who's maybe like you know, struggling with our mental health or wants to find out a specific, you know, thing in fitness. And it just means that they're able to access it now and, and, co- and contact you, do you know? Nah, totally, Roscoe. Um, but do you get any more questions before we round up? Oh, I think I was the last one. It's not really a question. It's more just like maybe an obvious statement, but it's more <laughs> one thing that I've noticed is like I've, most PTs that I've, met and stuff they've always come from like the reason why they're doing it is because they've had like an experience with yeah fitness do you know what i mean it's like a like like maybe they've um you know had a sport years ago or it's like a weight issue or whatever um but everybody seems to be or most people that i speak to i it's like their journey started from their own experience sort of thing no I totally yeah. I, I totally get that because like your journey started because of, you know, you, the right. results you got from Tony. My, right. result, my, my journey started from, you know, my results I got from, you know, following a gym programme and, you know, somebody helped me, so now I want to help people and then it's Definitely. a spiral effect. Right. It is, and it's good though, because I think as well, that engages people, you know, it's like you want to... You know, one thing that I do want to do is like know that clients can can ask me questions and, and they'll know that I've been in their shoes. So I know how times it can be difficult. I know it can be, you know, time consuming. I know that, you know, sometimes at night when all you want to eat is like 15 Mars bars, do you know what I mean? That yeah. <laughs> you don't. So it's like, you know that they can look at you and go, well, you've done it and you've, you can understand it, you know. So it gives them a wee bit of, I don't know, like comfort in a way. Nah, totally, Roscoe. Um, yeah. But thank you for... No problem. Thank time. you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you.